Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When 18-year-old Illinois man Adam Hergenreiter decided to take up vaping, he didn't realise it would land him in intensive care. I didn't think that that little pod could do so much damage. He's one of more than 450 mostly young, healthy people in the US who've ended up in hospital with a new type of pneumonia. One authorities believe is linked to vaping and that has also killed six people, the latest just last week. So with so many taking up the habit, should we be concerned that vaping, marketed as a safer version of cigarettes, may not be as harmless as we were led to believe? Today, we find out what exactly is happening to these people as we look at a condition being referred to as vaping illness. A dry cough, chest pain, shortness of breath, abdominal pain, nausea or vomiting, fever, body aches, night sweats. These are just some of the symptoms being displayed by those suffering a mysterious illness that's popping up in clusters across the US. Most of them are otherwise healthy young people in their early 20s or late teens. All of them have a history of vaping. The majority of them vaping substances that include nicotine and or THC, a chemical found in cannabis. Patients with a mild case of the condition can recover in around five to seven days treated with oxygen. More severe cases have required anti-inflammatory steroids, while the most severe have needed to be admitted to the intensive care unit and have taken weeks to recover. Some were placed on life support. Six people have now died. Adam Hergenreiter didn't die, but he came close. Just two weeks ago, his parents rushed him to emergency after he started gasping for air, coughing and vomiting. After being placed on life support, he now faces a future with potentially impaired lung function. I'm 18 years old. My lungs are like a seven-year-old's. A report from the New England Journal of Medicine is suggesting that this is a brand new disease, not one that's just gone undetected, and scientists believe they now know what's causing it. Tests ran on patients have found oily droplets inside their large immune cells in their lungs, causing a type of pneumonia. At this stage, they don't know if it's because the oil was inhaled or created inside the body, but every patient who has this respiratory illness has a history of vaping, and in particular, vaping a liquid that has a form of vitamin E acetate in the liquid. One of the big problems of this illness is that it's hitting young people hard. And that's because vaping has well and truly been aimed at the youth market, with its fun selection of flavours and the fact that it's not really smoking, it's popular in particular amongst teens. If you're not sure how it works, let's break it down. A vape pen has a tiny coil inside that heats up the vape liquid or juice, which then turns it into steam that's then inhaled. The liquid is a mix of solvents and oils with various other chemicals, including a known carcinogen, diacetyl, found in caramel and popcorn flavours. But when that vapour cools down, it can leave behind oil drops, which can also be inhaled. Dr Michelle Jonjanellis is the Deputy Director of WA's Cancer Prevention Unit at Curtin University. 
Dr John Janellis, vaping hasn't been around long enough for any real long-term studies on the effects yet, but we are starting to see some real health conditions linked to vaping now, aren't we? Absolutely, yes. So we've known for quite some time about the short-term effects. We have been waiting for the long-term effects to start showing up. We know from the short-term effects and from the chemicals that are in vaping, we were expecting this all along, really. It hasn't really come as any surprise that we are getting now the respiratory diseases. We know that e-cigarettes contain um, materials that can cause cancer. We haven't yet seen any cancer cases that have been linked to this, but we are certainly seeing the respiratory diseases that are coming out from the US and also cardiovascular disease. So this latest finding of these oily droplets inside the immune cells in people's lungs, they still don't really know enough about why they're there in the first place yet, do we? But we know that it is linked to vaping and it is linked to these types of pneumonia that we're seeing hit so many in the US. Yes. So we're still waiting on further information from the US to determine what course of action needs to be taken. Basically, what we know is that the common thread for everyone that has gotten sick in the US has been the vaping. We don't know whether it's the device itself. We don't know whether it's a particular type of e-liquid. So certain flavors of e-liquids are more harmful compared to others. There has been some suggestion that a few of the users over there were actually using e-cigarettes to smoke cannabis. So it's all a bit of a mess at the moment and we're just waiting for the Food and Drug Administration to do their proper investigation so we can decide what we need to be doing here in Australia. Well, let's talk about that. What should we be doing here in Australia? Because we know as far as e-cigarettes go, we legally do not have access to nicotine-based e-cigarettes. In saying that, it's quite easily accessible on the internet. I have friends who bring it in from overseas and Mm. it's, you know, it's a very kind of dodgy grey area. But Mm. should we be going further as far as regulating e-cigarettes? Because we know that it's not necessarily just the nicotine in these that could be causing damage. Absolutely. So the research actually shows that although nicotine is obviously harmful and it's addictive, It's actually the flavorings and the other additives that are in the e-liquids themselves that are the most harmful. So one of our recommendations that we've made, and that's actually been made at the recent parliamentary inquiry in Australia, has been to ban the flavorings of e-cigarettes. So at the moment, there are more than 4,000 flavors of e-liquids available, things like bubblegum and Red Bull and coffee flavored. So we have recommended that we consider banning those at the federal level, just like what we did with tobacco cigarettes. So back in the old days, tobacco cigarettes used to be available in lots of flavors and now they're not. So why we're not doing this for e-cigarettes is cause for concern. Australia is doing a lot better compared to other countries. So our uh, federal health minister, Greg Hunt, has been quite strong in his position on e-cigarettes and not allowing the nicotine ones to be legalised. But as you've just said, they can be readily imported. So we can certainly be doing a better job of enforcing those that that ban. Um, I think it, it would help to have federal legislation though. So you're right, nicotine e-cigarettes are completely illegal across Australia, but it actually, when it comes to the non-nicotine ones, it depends on what state you're in as to whether or not it's legal to be sold and used. So it would be great if the government could step up and just do federal legislation. How do we counteract this argument that vaping is for smokers 
to stop smoking because we're finding that that it's not just the smokers who've become vapors, but young people, especially because the marketing is quite targeted towards them, are taking up vaping in quite alarming numbers. Absolutely. You're, you're definitely right that the vaping industry has actually done a really good job of selling its product, certainly in the very early days, selling this product as if you want to quit smoking, use our product. It's less harmful. It's you know 95% safer. So you will see that 95% safer figure bandied about for quite some time. That's based on a very old report that has since been debunked. And uh, there's uh, one of the concerns out there about the vaping industry is that they are paying academics to research e-cigarettes. And not surprisingly, what those academics are finding is that e-cigarettes aren't as harmful. But if you look at the peer-reviewed literature that hasn't been funded by the vaping industry, where there's no conflict of interest, what we find is that actually that idea that it could help smoking cessation and that it isn't harmful at all has been completely debunked. But of course, the other point you raised is the gateway hypothesis. So the vaping industry is definitely marketing its products towards adolescents and young adults. And certainly in the US, they're seeing what they've labelled an epidemic among young kids. So the brand in the US called Juul, J-U-U-L, they are hugely marketed towards kids. So they'll have launch parties in New York City when they have a new product on the market and they're targeting young adults to attend those launch parties. Should we be stopping any advertising of vaping the same way we've done with cigarettes? I think we should. It's really tricky to do it um, online, certainly, uh, particularly with with Instagram and all of that sort of stuff. But I think in Australia already, we have a pretty strong stance on the marketing of electronic cigarettes. But certainly in the US, I think that's the recommendation that they're making is that, yes, these are harmful products, so we shouldn't be promoting them as being safe and promoting them in a way that appeals to youth generally. So the flavourings and the product packaging and then all of that sort of stuff. There are some medical experts and those in the vaping industry who are asking us not to panic and to hold off on making our final judgments until all the results are in. That some of the cases linked to the vaping illness are from the use of illicit, homemade or unregulated vape juice. And at this stage, while vaping isn't 100% risk-free, they continue to push the fact that it carries just a fraction of the risks that smoking does because it doesn't produce tar or carbon monoxide. But with all this knowledge, governments are still only in the very first stages of either regulating or banning the practice. And as paediatrician and now member for MacArthur, Dr Mike Freelander, who was involved in the recent inquiry into the regulation of vaping in Australia, found out there are plenty of those in the business willing to hand over money to sway the argument. Dr Freelander, you say when the inquiry was announced that lobbyists came out of the woodwork to essentially woo MPs. So who are these guys and what's their agenda? Well, there are a number of people. There are uh, lobbyists for the big tobacco companies like Philip Morris. There are some vaping groups, people who uh, want uh, freer access to the material that they're using. And there are some medical practitioners who believe that vaping is a way of harm reduction for people who are using cigarettes. Now, we had a pretty open and uh, quite uh, extensive inquiry and we made some recommendations and yet the lobbying has continued. What are the lobbyists hoping their money will buy? 
they are hoping that there will be free and open access to uh, vaping and vaping materials, nicotine solutions in Australia available across the counter for anyone who wants to use them. And I think that would be a very bad thing for Australia. So this inquiry, what was the findings in the end and what was the outcome of the inquiry? Uh, What the um, majority found was that there is no reason to make nicotine solutions for vaping more freely available in Australia that vaping itself was not completely safe and there was very little attempt by the companies and the people promoting vaping to do research into the safety or otherwise of vaping. And whilst there were some people who were lobbying on the basis of harm reduction, the majority were were lobbying for freer access for economic reasons. So now that there's evidence coming from the states now that vaping may actually be causing Uh, what they're referring to as vaping illness. Do you think that might, the findings of this, if it gets bigger, might then have the government looking at vaping again and whether it should be banned altogether? Look, I think our recommendations from our inquiry were pretty well received and pretty uh, comprehensive and that there is no need to have another inquiry. Just finally, Dr Freelander, if I was to ask you, do you think vaping is safe? What is your response? Vaping is not safe. I think vaping... uh, Maybe slightly safer than smoking uh, cigarettes, but it is still unsafe and uh, there is increasing evidence for that. It's important to know also that vaping nicotine-containing liquids does cause nicotine addiction and may well be a, a gateway for younger people to develop nicotine adi- addiction and take up smoking. So to vape or not to vape, that is the question. We don't have enough data to really know the full impact it could be having on our health at this stage. So until that all comes in, we need to ask ourselves, how much of our future health are we willing to risk? That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie. And if you wouldn't mind chucking us a five-star review in your favourite podcast app, it helps us get into some more ears. <laughs>